Welcome back to the podcast series for land use planning. We're now into podcast six, looking at the assessment of cumulative impacts. I'm Brian, uh, I'm chatting with Bruce, and we'll get right into it. What are cumulative impacts? And as I ask that, I, I want to remind the listeners that we talked about impacts and effects back in podcast uh, 1B. Now we're looking at cumulative impacts. Bruce? Yeah, so cumulative impacts are changes to the environment that are caused by one project or activity in combination with other past, present, and future projects or activities. They're very important to consider in land use planning. In the past, projects were assessed on a project-by-project basis, ignoring the combined effects of many projects in a single area. Cumulative impacts assessment makes us look at the potential impacts of the project being assessed in combination with the impacts of other past, existing, and importantly, planned projects. That's some, that's some pretty dense stuff, and it's a bit hypothetical, so maybe we could talk about a couple of real-world examples. What about the impacts of a single oil well? So the impacts of a single oil well on a reserve or in a traditional area could be minor in and of itself, but this in combination with other oil wells, some mining operations, timber harvesting, access roads and borrow pits could have serious impacts on the air, water, soil, vegetation and wildlife on the, on the land. If all projects are assessed in isolation, significant adverse effects could occur without them being predicted and appropriate mitigation measures taken. And when you say borrow pits, do you mean gravel pits? Yeah, for gravel or clay or other uh, minerals that are needed for, for example, to build roads and prepare uh, oil leases, sure. things like that. that. That's a good example. Uh, you'll recall that in our last podcast we talked about fish habitat and uh, watercourse crossings. How might adverse effects occur on a fish population? They might occur on a fish population of stream due to the construction of an access road crossing and a culvert across the stream. The effects would occur because uh, erosion and siltation of the stream during and after construction would happen, and perhaps due to changes in the stream flow caused by the culvert. While the effects of one such culvert may be insignificant, the effects of many such culverts to service access roads crossing the same stream could well cause significant adverse effects on fish and water quality. We're just a couple of... Uh a couple of instructors sitting here talking about cumulative effects. Is there any legislation that underpins this, uh, that, that gives it strength, that, that means that we can't ignore it, that we have to address them? Yes, there is. And in the what used to be the Canadian Environmental Assessment Act, but has recently, like in the last few years, been uh, upgraded to the Impact Assessment Act of Canada, Section 61M is to encourage the assessment of the cumulative effects of physical activities in a region and the assess, uh, assessment of federal policies. So, so it's not just that we should do it, we must do it because the law sets it out. That's right. Now there are different forms of cumulative impact. Uh, in your experience, have you seen several of these? Yeah, I, I like to refer them to them in several ways because I think they are different. Cumulative impacts can be broken down into several important parts. So. Uh, I would call the previous examples overlapping effects because the activities causing the effects occur within the region under consideration. 
Note that past and current activities, as well as reasonably foreseeable projects and activities, should be considered in the assessment. And this is what's often not done, as we're good at looking at the past and current activities, but not so good as looking at future possible planned activities. So when we're talking talk about overlapping, it could be overlapping between an, uh, an existing development and a new one, or between two new ones, or an existing one and one in the future, that sort of overlap? Yeah, that's right. So, uh, as I say, predicting future projects and activities often presents a challenge simply because the future economic viability of the projects can be a matter of speculation. So one way we can get around this is to assume or predict two or three possible development scenarios. So for example, impacts can be predicted under a low growth scenario or a business as usual scenario or a high growth scenario, uh, preferably all three. And then comparison of the potential impact load can be made to determine which mitigation and monitoring needs to be put in place for each. So the project being assessed can then be judged to be environmentally acceptable or not based on the three scenarios. Now what does incremental loss mean? Uh, in some of the literature I've read I've come across that phrase. So cumulative impacts can occur in a different form. Uh, incremental loss and habitat fragmentation. So we see this, for example, in urban growth, where uh, cities and suburban areas increase a little bit at a time, and all of a sudden we stand up and realize that there's no uh, productive agriculture land left. You can uh, refer to this as nibbling of the environment or uh, nickel and diming the environment in small bits. A classic example of that, of course, is the loss of vegetation on Easter Island in the, in the South Pacific, where one day the, in, the, uh, the peoples woke up, the community woke up and discovered they had no trees. Uh, what about project-inducing effect? Is that a third form? Yeah, that is. And that's, uh, in my experience, that, that's the most difficult and but perhaps important and often neglected form of cumulative impact, the project-inducing effect. So, for example, when a major pipeline is proposed for a relatively undeveloped area, it suddenly makes hydrocarbon resources near its path financially feasible to move to market, as they can now export via the new system. This results in more pipeline corridors, more access roads with service wells, more infrastructure needed, and perhaps even more community development with all the attendant habitat fragmentation and disturbance of wildlife. So just to uh, recap then, see if I've, I've got this straight, Bruce, the different forms of cum cumulative impact uh, include overlapping effects, future projects, incremental loss, and project-inducing effects. That's right. Do I have that? What, uh, or not what, I guess the, the better question is why? Why is the assessment of cumulative impacts important in land use planning? Why are we talking about it today? Well, as I mentioned before, uh, in the past, projects were assessed one at a time. And what happened was that uh, after a number of similar projects, the, the creeping of uh, uh, mines and oil and gas lands and forestry lands, uh, resulted in a much bigger impact than you would get if you just simply added up all the projects. Sometimes there's a, an interactive or synergistic effect that makes it even more serious. So there's this complexity, this synergy, this interaction uh, makes the assessment of these effects uh, very demanding. Uh, 
what are various ways we can focus focus our study? Well, there's a number of things that have been suggested and then actually put into uh, into law as uh, guidelines. So um, one way is to focus study on an indicator species, which we get to know very well. And let me just stop you there and remind the listener that we talked about indicator species, I think, in one of the first podcasts. That's right, on valued ecosystem components. And, and how would we get information about such a species? That would be uh, through monitoring, but also importantly, uh, experienced elders, trappers, hunters, and fishers with experience over a long span of time. Are, are there other proactive approaches we can take to, uh, to assess the effects? Yes, there are. A, a very good approach, if it can be organized with multiple levels of government, uh, is to carry out regional studies. And these don't require a principal project to trigger. They're just done because there's an interest in the region. So all of the project activities in a particular region of land are considered in the assessment, past, present, and future, so that appropriate zoning, mitigation, monitoring, and other measures can be put into place before impacts have a chance to happen or to get worse. And when you refer to zoning, you mean the restriction of various land uses to various parcels. Th that's right. Maybe residential in one area and commercial in another, that sort of idea? Or wildlife uh, in, in another, or a sure. or, or water or zone. Parkland. Yeah. Now, are these sorts of assessments, uh, regional or strategic indicator species, are they, they, are they captured in the legislation you, you refer to? Certainly, uh, the, the new Environmental uh, Impact Assessment Act of Canada recommends regional studies and uh, indicator species and uh, mechanisms like that to uh, avoid running into cumulative impacts after the damage has been done instead of before. Well certainly that's, uh, that should be on everyone's minds these days given the, the, the various pipeline projects that are proposed, Northern Gateway, uh, Trans Mountain, um, the one, uh, those are the two through BC or the one uh, into the United States. Uh, these are major issues of concern. Now, as, as is our uh, tradition in, in these discussions, in these chats, we like to conclude with uh, an example from real life to bring home to the listener what, what this actually means. Uh, what do you have for us today? I have two examples. Uh, one is a community that I've worked with uh, for many years centered around the town of Grand Cache in northern Alberta. And it consists of six communities around Grand, uh, around Grand Cache, and these were the original inhabitants of Jasper National Park. So after being removed from their lands, they moved over a span of time to their present location. So these are indigenous communities? That's right. Sure. But uh, since the, about the 1960s, there has been really intensive natural, natural resource and other projects and activities in the area, including surface and underground coal mining, oil and gas exploration and production, forest harvesting, transportation, recreational and municipal developments all piled on, on, on top of each other. The landscape has become very disturbed, habitat fragmented, and it's resulted in a significant decline in wildlife populations, notably the woodland caribou herd which is a species at risk. So, so it sounds like individually each of these developments, each of these projects might have been damaging, but uh, taken together, cumulatively, uh, the, the damage is incredible. That's right. In fact, it can be more than just the sum of the parts.
Do you have a second example? I do. I refer to the Mackenzie Valley Pipeline Assessment, which was a, a good example, I think, of the third type of cumulative impact, which is the project-inducing form. It was centered around the environmental assessment of the Mackenzie Valley Pipeline in northwestern Canada. And this is the pipeline that was proposed to get natural gas from the Mackenzie Delta that, to southern right. Canada? Yeah, that's right. So the concern raised by Indigenous communities along the route, and as well as environmental non-government or organizations, was that the pipeline was re really more than simply a, a pipe carrying hydrocarbon products within a narrow corridor. Once the pipeline was built, it was argued, it would make the extraction of oil and gas in neighboring lands become economically viable because the pipeline would allow the movement of these smaller deposits to downstream markets after they had tied into it. So it wasn't just a pipeline per se, it was all the subsequent development that the pipeline would suddenly make financially viable. And the argument was that the proponent uh, should consider more than just the pipeline in its immediate corridor. Another excellent example, or, or indeed two examples, and certainly the last one is a, a good example of how uh, access to hitherto uh, undeveloped lands was, uh, was increased, was, uh, was, uh, was hurt, I suppose, by the pipeline. So th thanks again, uh, Bruce. Uh, thus endeth uh, Podcast 6, and stay tuned for Podcast 7 on environmental monitoring.